Peekaboo, you fucks, you. I see you, you motherfucker. Do you want to talk, or do you want to bet? We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered water acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, lappers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, two dozen animals. Having cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets insensitive. Thanks a lot, Ben Bot. Hey everybody. So welcome yet again to Vegas Confessions. Uh, I'm Shane. I'm Julian. I'm Eric. How's everybody doing out there? Super excited. Doing good, brother. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing really good. Been a busy week. A lot of stuff going on, but um, but yeah, I think things are kind of coming together. Not only work wise and busy wise, but uh, for trips and everything else, which we discussed on the Lapis episode. Um, this episode is episode twenty four of Vegas Confessions, and we're going to cover a little bit from shout outs to uh, a topic out here that Julian's going to cover. Something he heard, uh, some little tidbits from uh, Eric, and then we have a little bit of history for you. Um, so we kind of got a, I think, a full show. Um, we'll cover the shout outs. I think I, you know, Eric, you want to kind of kick it off? Sure. So, um, last week, uh, Julian gave a shout out to our friend Todd goddess, uh, at yo 11 underscore. Uh, I believe it was his 40th birthday. And, uh, today, August 16th, as we're recording, it is his wife, Amanda's birthday. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Too so cool. uh, Amanda is at Marathon Bunny eighty three. I think I should double check that, but uh, let's run with at Marathon Bunny eighty three. <laughs> Happy birthday to Amanda! And uh, Todd hit a royal flush the other day. Oh, I saw that. That's cool. Too yeah. sweet. Yeah, so we've got a little bit of uh, discussion as to whether it counts or it doesn't count. It was a nickel royal on a multiplay machine you know could have been i don't know if it was 50 play or 100 play uh but i'm in the camp that it counts he was only playing five hands at a time so to me that's good and i don't think denomination matters whether it counts as a royal or not so uh i don't know if that was your first one or not todd but congratulations yeah i think it was congratulations and happy birthday you guys that's too cool I think that's yeah. awesome, and I think that counts too. Yeah, you know, you're right, dude. Denomination shouldn't matter, really. So, yeah, they're they're hard enough. Um, and one other shout out goes to my man Mark Duvall from You Can Bet on That. So, Mark, listen to the last episode uh, where we talked about what I believe to be uh, Super Fun <laughs> Twenty One played on the cruise ship. You know, it's regular blackjack. You know, no cats. Come on, sit down and play. <laughs> Plays like regular blackjack. <laughs> Plays like regular blackjack. Come on, man. So anyway, uh, I don't I don't know if Mark did a little bit of research or if he just knew this. But I, with Mark, I, I mean, if he told me he knew it, I would just believe him. He knew it. So, yeah. so his email, uh, I'm going to just read the bulk of it real quick. Gentlemen, I thought I'd send along some information about a couple of blackjack variants to try to get to the bottom of the crappy experience Eric had on the cruise ship. 
The real Superfund 21 is a blackjack variant currently owned by Scientific Games. It is not played with all the kings removed. It uses a standard 52-card deck or multiples thereof. Many cruise ships have a game commonly called Fun 21, without the word super, where all the kings are removed. The game plays the same as Spanish 21. Recall that in Spanish 21, all the tens are removed. By removing the kings instead of the tens and calling it Fun 21, the cruise ships are essentially able to deal Spanish 21 without having to pay royalties to the owners of Spanish 21. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, Eric, I suspect this was the game you played, and if they're calling it Super Fun 21, they're breaking some kind of copyright law. Hmm. Or maybe not, since it's only available on the high seas. Some versions of Fun 21 remove all the queens instead of all the kings. Same difference. And uh, Mark even took the time to link the info from the Wizard of Oz page for Super Fun 21 and Spanish 21. Uh, Either way, there's no catch, right? So, uh, Mark, a sincere thank you, not just for this email, but for everything you do. And uh, we appreciate you, brother. That's that is too, too cool. cool, man. That's fucking too neat. freaking cool. That stuff that really raises your eyebrows. Yeah, it makes you wonder well, too. Uh, yeah, same thing with it. Let's see. Nobody really talks about that. I mean, is that really how they're being able to do that? Is it because they're at sea? Well, the huh. only reason they can offer gambling when you're at sea is when you're inter when you're in international waters. Correct. There's no laws right. or rules that really govern them. Right. right. You know, we had like there were, I don't know, there were a, a lot of things at sea that we were able to do that you just couldn't do when it was docked. Um, a uh, member of my family uh, smoked cigarettes. And while we were at sea, you could buy cartons of cigarettes for a fraction of the cost of, um, you know, what you would pay retail. I think in New York, cigarettes are like $11 a pack, $12 a pack, something like that. And like, he was able to buy cartons for thirty dollars, thirty one dollars. Wow, I've heard yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was. It, I mean, just yeah. So um, I'm not saying that uh, you have reason to doubt a uh, casino on a cruise ship, but you know, just know there's no gaming commission in the middle of the ocean for you to call if something goes wrong. Note to, <laughs> note to self. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's too cool. Lamar, thank you, actually. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting him for the first time uh, during Zorkfest. And, uh, yeah, both of them phenomenal guys. But he, yeah, they know they know their stuff. That's really neat. So uh, my shout-out is kind of quick, actually. It's, and it's not really shout-out as much as it is you never know who you're talking to and you never know what with the person you talk to what they're involved in, basically. So – Guy I work, I see him all the time. He's actually a, a lead associate at, at the company I work for. Um, and I was down in the break room, and, and you know, and I always casually talk to people. Hey, how was your weekend? Da da da. This and that. And he's like, Oh yeah, well we went to Wendover, and which is ninety miles east of us, or west. I'm sorry, of us in Vegas, closest place we could go from Utah to Gamble. And he goes, Yeah, we went to Wendover for uh, Saturday night. He says, You know. You know, I, I was 300 down to the craps table at midnight, and I was damned if I was going to leave that crap table before I made everything up. And he says, I walked away with a grand by 5.30 the next morning. And nice. he says, you know, and I am and I sat there and I stared at him. And he, 
And he kind of looked at me funny because I, I didn't know what he thought I was thinking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, Jules. I was like, "Holy fuck! This is ju- this is what this guy does." So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, "Hey, um, you know, well, that's awesome. We do this podcast about Vegas confessions and this." And his eyes just lit up. He goes, "What are you guys talking about?" And we went through it. And um, he's now a listener. So it's one of those things you Dude. never know who you run into and who you're talking to, and you know the outcome of it. So shout out to everybody who is just. You know, they catch on to stuff like that, and they get on the bandwagon, and they're, we're your fans as much as you are ours, and, uh, you know, the road goes both ways, so. Very cool, and you're absolutely right when you say that. To even know, you know, uh, Dr. Mike and Mark are listening, that's that's super cool, man, because I'm a big fan of them guys, too, and you're right, Shane. They are a lot of fun to hang out with. They're a good time. So, also, on my shout-outs, I have uh, just – you know, we talked a little bit about it last week, but the Plaza team, the sales team from Bernadette to Ashley, Nicole, Jonathan, everybody, you know, they really helped us out. We reached out to get something set up for everybody this uh, coming up November. And, you know, if they didn't wow us and, you know, again, just thank you guys so much for for everything. And you guys will hear the deta- details here soon. Awesome. So those are our shout-outs. Um, there's something that I actually picked up. Uh, I found it last week, and I thought this was interesting. And then uh, Julian's going to roll into something real quick. So obviously, for those of you who maybe are not underneath a fucking rock at this point, you know that Vegas and Nevada, you know, state of Nevada, has passed the whole uh, marijuana law. The profit that state has made in dispensaries is just mind-boggling. And every time we go talk to somebody about, it seems like somebody from another state that maybe they don't have that, or even just because they're in Nevada. I came from Washington State. I have in Washington State, but I still try to make it a fact to go to different dispensaries and what's going on. Um, There is a quick little article, and again, we'll cover this real quick, but it's one of those people ask us all the time where to go. You know, and there are certain places that we go, and uh, some are good, some are bad, uh, but just kind of a lay down of what's going on. Um, there's actually a place called Acres Cannabis, uh, which not only is a shop, but is a museum, too. So they have everything on from the history of marijuana, kind of what it is and what's going on. Very interesting. They have a great selection of what's going on. Um, 2320 Western Avenue is where they're located. Um, there's another one that everybody kind of raves about in our group, and I think... And I can't remember, there's a couple of people in our group that mentioned this because they were taking the lift up that way. Uh, apothecary shop. And they actually are really popular. They've got a little bit of everything. Again, a good, a good inventory as far as that. And I've been there. And what's really cool when you walk into any kind of a shop, and I don't care whether it's weed, whether it's music, whether it's, I don't care what the store is. Finding somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. They're not trying to sell you a product, but they're trying to educate you in what, it is, and what, and wh- which way you should go. Um, Apothecary does that tremendously, and it's fantastic. And it's actually not far from this strip. That's on 4240 West Flamingo Road. Um, there's a dispensary in Nevada, which, again, pretty good staff as far as that goes. Uh, 50 North Gibson Road, and that's actually in Henderson. Uh, there's some other ones, too. Essence is another one that is widely regarded. I've talked to a couple people that have been there, um, and it, too, is fairly close. It's right on the boulevard, uh, 2307, actually. Um, they are, and there's a few small ones, but the one that we should add, and then there's 
something I want to cover towards the end too. New Leaf is one that actually is kind of cool because it's got a steampunk 50s diner attached to it, which is different. You don't see that every day. I've never seen that in a, in a marijuana shop. Uh, 430 East Twain Avenue is that one. And one of the biggest ones actually in the country, by the way, um, and possibly the world, they say, <laughs> is the New Woo Cannabis Marketplace, N-U-W-U. I've been trying to get to this place for, God, the last three trips, I think, and I just I haven't made it. Um, it's close to downtown. It's 1235 Paiute Circle. Um, it is a tribal run, I believe, and what they do and, and what they have in there. Their products are phenomenal, uh, along with... Uh, just again the knowledge the knowledge base i I keep hearing rumors that it's great what people walk out of there with and they have they have products that nobody else really has um reef dispensaries Mm -hmm. uh sahara wellness uh are some of the smaller ones it should be noted too um clarification so we have a friend of ours that did another interview um there is the apothecary shop but there actually is an apothecarium as well that's a different derivative of what this is of what i mentioned before um yeah, and that's Chris from Faces and Aces. He did a great interview with that. But, you know, again, it's a quick rundown. Uh, it seems like that's kind of the popular thing nowadays, gents, when people go there. Well, especially tourists and people from out of the area who don't get to, you know, smoke on a daily basis and have those laws legalized. So they, when they come out and they get to go check these places out, I mean, half of it's the ambiance of the place and the other half is the product that you're leaving with you know so i mean if you go in and you remember things that stand out to you if you're not already stoned off to the gills (laughs) you know if you're if you're wild in general and then you get good customer service plus great product that's a win-win gotta go back yeah no that's my thing like i said i know we hunt every time we go there um i think you're already set up there on your side right brother mostly you're not out hunting around in shops uh no it's always nice to know a guy <laughs> <laughs> too cool and without lead in julian what do you got on your side man well i was going to talk a little bit about a topic that we heard actually it's funny we're mentioning them again but just goes to show how good the show is you can bet on that had a topic come up where somebody called in and mentioned i believe something about ever having anything stolen from you at a casino so i thought that was pretty interesting because just a couple nights before we were at a casino and you know sometimes i'm pretty sure you know eric and shane you probably don't know but when people are gambling at a slot machine and they stand up and they put their chair up that's you know common courtesy that that person's probably going to come right back and they're still playing they went to the restroom rather be grabbing more money something to eat whatever it is a coffee a drink whatever but uh so people will put the chair up against the machine go do their business and come back well you know this guy he gets up and he tells the guy next to him hey can you watch my machine he's like yeah no problem puts his chair up cleans it against the machine walks off goes to the atm as he's gone this guy with dreads comes by just sure enough hits the cash out machine there was like five ten bucks in there wasn't to grab the ticket until the guy stood up he's like hey 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 what are you doing man that's my machine like what are you doing and the guy's like Oh, well, I, 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 he just kind of just walked away. He was caught, you know, stuck in the moment. Yeah. And so it just made me think, too, maybe this is half my fault. But, you know, a few years ago when I first started going to the casinos, we went to a casino here in our local area and we were swimming at the pool. And so 
the night prior, we had won some money, a nice jackpot. And so I had, you know, probably 1200 bucks sitting in my wallet, just hundreds. So it's not like it was standing out, but it was in there. And uh, it took the family down to go swimming at the pool. We had a couple cabanas. We had about three families out there, and we were just hanging out. And sure enough, you know, we uh, days over, go back to getting our stuff. My wallet was out of my pants. The money was oh, gone out of my wallet, shitty, but everything dude. else was still there. So, you know, I, I mean, it really it does happen. You guys be very cautious of what you're doing. I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, I rolled my stuff up, put it in a bag, and sure enough, somebody went through it and grabbed it. And I mean, it is what it is. But at the moment, yeah, it hurt. It really was like, ah, shit. So was it all gone? They took everything. Huh? They took everything. They just took, no. They didn't take the wallet. They just took no. The cash just all the cash. Left yeah. the wallet Fuck. right on top of the bag and just kind of half-assed threw my shit back in the bag and like, oh man, got yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those shitty things. It's like. You know, you're holding yourself at fault because it's like, ah, oh, man, I should have known better. But then again, ethics say, why the fuck would I have to worry about this if somebody was yeah. decent? You know it, what I mean? It, it was it was just a, something that I thought we'd bring up because, you know, I heard our buddy Danny Ocean over on Tip and the Odds talking a little bit about the security guy coming into the room unannounced and just kind of stand in front of him and then announced himself. And so Daniel was kind of in a rough spot and like, you know, Mitch brought up, you don't know what these guys are doing when you're not in your room and they're just security They're, you know, that's all they are. So they can go in your room and take off and it just, it makes you wonder sometimes. So again, guys, if you've ever had anything stolen from you or if you've heard of something similar, give us a holler, let us know, email us, reach out to us. We'd love to hear your story. I had somebody steal my cell phone. Really? Uh, yeah. Shitty. Uh, this was... Um, Caesars Atlantic City, upper level. Um, I think it was a, I was just killing time. It was um, <laughs> one of those uh, electronic blackjack tables uh, that had a, uh, you know, those cell phone charging USB ports. Yeah. And um, I think I was waiting for my wife, whatever. I'm just sitting there and I had my phone on there. Some guy came up, grabbed the phone and started running. Oh, and Jesus uh, Christ. well, I security got him. So oh, yeah, okay. okay, he didn't he didn't get very far. I got my phone right <laughs> back, but uh, he sure as hell tried. Yeah, it was a swipe and run. And um, I mean, if I, I sure as heck wasn't going to catch him if security, was, <laughs> you know, because it's that <laughs> you, that, you that, really that, are. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure uh, there's a mental image of me chasing down a. Uh, Oh, shit. You know what I picture? I picture you with just your finger up going, hey, fucking stop. Just standing still. Stop. And they're just giving up. It's like, all right, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. No. So this was the upper level uh, that connects over to the playground. So, I mean, he had a he had a straight shot. Like, it really, you know, now that you think about it. Um, you know, if you had been there, like it's definitely not a good place to just leave your phone while you're, you know, I mean, I, I was sitting there, but you know, it was, it was the clear path to the outside. So uh, anyway, he tried it. He lost, uh, no harm, no foul for me, but yeah, that, that, that the night I lost the money, man, I think I stood up all night. Like what the fuck? Like it was one of the first times I'd ever done something that stupid and just kind of regretted it. And but it is what it is, so, you know, things happen, and, you know, it sometimes happens. they're your fault, and sometimes they're not. It's just 
It happens. People have no morals sometimes. Well, and you know that the shitty thing is, and this is something I, you know, I think about too when you, because obviously when you go to Vegas or you go any, you know, big place where it's a traveling destination, people from around the country or the world go there. There's people that live in places that there's no crime. Well, I grew up in Montana. We never locked our cars. We had the keys in the ignition. We never locked our door. We never had the problem because it just wasn't a problem. So yeah, I feel yeah. bad for the people from Montana or Kansas or, you know, these rural areas that are there to enjoy vacation with their family that maybe they it took them a year to save the money and something like that happens. To me, that's devastating. And it really puts a sour taste in their mouths, you know? True. Did you say you left the keys in the ignition? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Who else is going to take it? I mean, my my nearest neighbor was a mile away, dude. I mean, if he wants to walk a fucking mile and take my 1970 Dodge truck that I bought from high school, power to you, dude. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. But, yeah, that's how I grew up. Well, living in Brooklyn, we did things a little differently. I can imagine. (laughs) I can imagine. All right. So speaking of stealing, um, I've got Uh a deal. I've got a I've got a deal I want to share that feels like stealing. This one's good. Mm, okay. So yeah. I got to give uh, credit to Doctor of Credit. Um, I follow him on Twitter, and he's pretty heavy in the uh, credit card stuff. But a lot of times, deals will come up that he'll just make available to people. Yeah. As it turns out, I have reason to be in Las Vegas next week for uh, a very brief trip. And Doctor of Credit hooked me up. So apparently, MGM Resorts, who I'm not a fan of giving business to, uh, but I will gladly take from, uh, (laughs) has an offer running currently. You book a two-night stay and get up to $175 in resort credits. This is at their Las Vegas properties only. Hmm. But their cheaper properties count. So the real sweet spot for me for next week, um, MGM, uh, Park MGM, that's what they're calling it now. Park MGM midweek is running $30 a night. So I've got two stays at $30 a night, and that's not based on Player Club. That's just their the rate that they're offering. Wow. Damn. Huh. And I'm going to get $150 in resort credits for those two nights. This is open Jesus to anybody Christ. and everybody. And if you're going to stay at a nicer property and you happen to have uh, an American Express card, uh, when I looked on mine, the offer that I had was if you spend $300, you get 6,000 member reward points, which is you know, $60 uh, if you don't use it more wisely than uh, a penny a piece. So um, uh. I don't look forward to Park MGM. I don't like MGM resorts, but if they're going to essentially give me 175 in food and I don't have to play a dollar on their casino floor, I'm in. So, so all you have to do is show up, Eric? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so you have to book it through the link. Right, if, right. If you go to doctorofcredit.com or if you are if you find him on Twitter, there's a tweet about it out there today. You go to the offer. You click the link of where you want to stay. 
and then it pre-fills the offer code on the MGM booking site. Oh. And yeah, I mean, it, it was thirty bucks a night for a buck fifty in food and beverage, uh, which, by the way, you can you know cross charge from any MGM property. So right. if you oh, don't like the genius. food at you know like at Park MGM, uh, I don't know what I'm going to want to eat there. Uh, but there's plenty <laughs> of other places I can go, and yeah. So just you know, it'll be sixty dollars plus uh, resort fees, and they'll give me a hundred and fifty. So. You know, it's uh, it's free. That's for sure, and My it's God. open to the public. Um, they're hurting now. They know they're hurting now. Right, right, right. Um, these offers are popping up, and I, I guess in a perfect world, I would say to you, don't give them your business. Uh, but if they're going to overpay you, and it's a net loss to them, go ahead and give them that business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Take advantage, better. people. Right, right. That's cool. So, uh, that's so. Is that doctorofcredit.com correct? Doctorofcredit.com is where I found it. I mean, he's, you know, he's linking to readily available deals. You could find it wherever you find it. Um, But that's who I'm attributing the information to. Um, They go as high as $175 credit. And again, this is for up to two nights. So if you wanted to stay, like the $175 is available at Bellagio or Aria. If you wanted to stay at one of those places and you don't have comps and you book through this, obviously you're going to pay more than $30 a night. Right. Um, but that 175 credit will certainly offset your folio as well as uh, if you have the American Express and you can pull another 60 off the top. It's a pretty good deal. And I happen to uh, need a midweek room for a, a real quick uh, stopover. So it worked out perfectly for me. Man, that is actually the <laughs> that makes me smile from ear to ear. They are that's hurting. Too cool. They know they're hurting, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, you know. And if you get other promotions, other properties, that's fine. Um, I know you don't usually tally to MGM, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, if they're going to offer it, yeah, why not? You know, I think um, I know we were planning on going in a different order, but I think the segue to other really, really good hotel deals. This is probably the time for that. Sounds like a plan, my friend. Let's do it. So, we have some huge news. And again, we can't thank the Plaza and the Plaza team enough. And obviously, you guys, we told you guys we have our Oceans 14 trip November marathon weekend, the 9th through the 11th. And we thought, why not try to get everybody together in the same location? So, we reached out to our friends over at the plaza and mind you guys we have no affiliations with these guys we have never asked for a sponsorship we don't ask for anything you know we just thought hey let's see if we can get a group deal so everybody can stay together hang out play drink eat everything in one location and make things even simpler because we know a lot of the times that on a lot of our trips by 10 o'clock the groups usually spread apart and break up so we thought why not have fun at one of my favorite places. And the reason I thought I'd reach out to the plaza and do this was because the last time I was there in May, I ended up staying there for a week, like I told you guys. My four-night trip ended up turning into a week. Again, majority of it was comped, and again, I can't complain. I, I really, really was impressed by Jonathan and his team, the way you know he showed his hospitality. Just a very genuine person. And everybody from the different restaurants that worked for him had nothing but just great things to say about the dude. And 
again, so I reached out to him and I thought, you know, hey, Jonathan, do you think we can work something out? And uh, of course, they came back to us with the really awesome deal. And so it was funny today when we were setting everything up, I was talking to the lady from the sales team, Bernadette, and uh, she tells me, so I figured you guys would really appreciate this one. She tells me, so what, what, what is your group called? <laughs> and I giggled. I was like, well, it's called Oceans 14. She said, well, can you say that again? I said, Oceans 14. She's out. I thought that's what you said. And so, you know, it was really funny, but she came back to me with just phenomenal numbers. And, you know, I had asked Eric and showed Eric this stuff beforehand, and he even thought this was really great. And so I'm excited to tell you guys, if you guys are very interested in booking and staying at the plaza downtown in the month of November from the 9th through the 11th week, and the actual code runs through, I think it's the 8th through the 12th, but you guys can get a room for as cheap on that Friday night, the 9th, for $78, Saturday for $78, Sunday $32, and Monday for $22. So they gave us a group rate. I think it was a better deal than they've ever have offered anybody because the lady did ask me, so how, does, how do you guys know each other? Because he really wanted to take care of this group. So if you guys are interested in coming in and staying at the plaza and hanging out with us, mind you guys, we're doing the live podcast there. We're going to be doing a lot of restaurant eating everywhere. We're going to be hanging out all over the place, but majority of our gambling and hanging out is going to be at the plaza. Again, if you guys have comp offers at any other Vegas property, you can get a hold of our host down there, either Ashley or Nicole, present your your comps and they will match your comps as long as you agree to play there at the plaza so that being said if you guys have free rooms why not already get your free room transferred over to the plaza hang out with us i mean guys we are ex so excited to work with the plaza with this again the booking code for that weekend is going to be ocean 14 ocean 14 and you can book the room and I think she told me it was just a little over 25% off the regular casino rate and even cheaper than their group rate that they already offer. So that being said, guys, we just told them, you know, we let's just set up a couple rooms. So if you guys are interested, come out. Let's overwhelm this place with a bunch of podcasts and podcast listeners. And again, I'm a podcast fan before I'm a podcaster. So, you know, being to get being able to get everybody in one location, you know, I'm excited about. And I know the tip and the odds guys are coming. I know Eric's coming. Shane, I know you'll be there. And everybody's coming out. Whispers Vegas. I mean, Chris Kim's interested. I mean, there's so many people that are interested about coming out and hanging out at the plaza. And like I said, even if you've never been or played, you can have your comp offers matched at the plaza and hang out with us for the whole weekend. What do you guys think about that? Well, I got a question. So I have a room in Pahrump, Nevada. Um, can they match my comp for that for that weekend, or is that how's that work? We might have to pull some strings for you, but you go ahead, pick me up some fireworks on the way down, and we'll work something out. There you go, man. <laughs> can I can I give a um, somewhat wet blanket comment to go along with it? Do it. Okay. So. I'm really excited about going to the plaza, and I know what my room accommodations are going to be, and I'm very happy with them. And I am admittedly 
bougie as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, fuck guy. So, I don't want our listeners who have never been to the plaza to come to the plaza and expect it to be Bellagio or Aria or um, even Caesar's Palace for that matter. You need to adjust your expectations to downtown. Mm-hmm. And by downtown standards, their rooms are more than fine. Yes, correct. I, right. they're, they're in the process of doing a lot of renovations. And I very much enjoy my time at the plaza. Um, they get to know you as a person. The individualized service is above and beyond anything else I've found in a Las Vegas casino. Um, I've got a lot of really, really good things to say. And a $78 room rate on a holiday Friday and Saturday night is fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> and if they're going to match your comp room and your comp offers, and, you know, I, I guess I'm assuming whatever free play offers come with it, I think you owe it to yourself to check them out. But if you are usually a strip snob, I don't want anybody coming over with unrealistic expectations and then this being a negative uh, for them. Right. Right? So it is downtown. By downtown standards, it is a very nice hotel room. The renovations, everything that I've seen has been really nice. It isn't Aria. They're not trying to be Aria. But if you usually stay at Aria, you're probably not going to like this. True. No, that's true. That's fair to say. So just... Just know that going in, we're going to have a great time whether you stay at the plaza or not. Our room block currently is uh, only for 20 rooms, but can be expanded. So if you start using the code and for some reason it's not working, it means we sold the first 20 rooms and we need to get somebody back on the phone. So tweet at Julian. Uh, What are you, at JRomero559? Yeah, Julian Romero559. Julian Romero 559 tell him the code's not working anymore and uh, he'll have to you know get back on the hamster wheel and turn on some more rooms and it will not be a problem to ring them up and get them to set up more rooms for us guys we weren't sure how many we're going to get right now we've set it for 20 if we can get 30 I mean that would be amazing if we I mean guys we are giving you guys reasons to come out and hang out with us if you guys are a listener and you guys are curious and you have comp offers Use them. Come out, hang out with us. We want to make this deal available to everybody and anybody that weekend. And even if you have a friend that's already considering the marathon or whatever it may be, maybe if you have to kind of persuade them and say, hey, well, I got a better deal downtown if you can find something cheaper because a lot of rooms are going to be expensive that weekend. And again, we didn't go into this for a deal. We just went into this to try, try and get everybody together. And again, we, we love the hospitality. We always have nothing but a good time there. And we would love to spend our weekend with you guys. So that being said, join us, all the other podcasters. I'm excited for all the, basically the response when I threw it out there in the group. And everybody's like, yeah, I'm interested. I was like, well, this can actually be a thing. So, Yeah, so and exactly. And something Eric said, too, when you're talking about perspectives of whether you're on this side of a casino area type thing, Bellagio, that's where you stay. Downtown is a different beast. 
I mean, we all right. kind of agree that to a certain point, right? But yep. I'll say, you know, you talk about the canopy sound and everything else. It sets behind most of that. Now, if you're at Golden Gate, for example, you will vibrate off your bed right on the fucking floor probably three times over every single night that they play whatever concert band is there. That has nothing you know. to do with the music, Shane. Oh, <laughs> damn. I gave away were, my secret. Why, why, <laughs> why you were vibrating off the bed. <laughs> That's, I mean, this is Vegas Confessions. Would you, would you like to share how that really happened? Hey, hey, shit? sir. Let's not get fucking personal about that. God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but it is true. It's actually one of the best ones, especially now with the renovated rooms down there. Um, and the cool thing with Plaza is just the history. I mean, with any location down that way. Um, I think that is a killer deal. Jules, thanks for hooking that up. Speaking of history, let's roll it over. I got no diamonds, though I'm shy. Still, I think I'm a lucky guy. Harry Thomas got his first taste of the finance industry as a young man in Ogden, Utah. His father put all his money in the state's biggest bank, and it went broke. In the early days of my teens and 13s and 14s, I grew up chasing and collecting bad loans. And if you want to learn the banking business, that's one hell of a way to learn the banking is trying to collect bad loans out of the Depression. So, Can ladies and germs. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and germs, we bring you not only great hotel deals, great hotel opportunities, what we're doing, our trips, everything else. Um, we also want to kind of segue into some history for those of you who actually like that. Um, so, we are going to introduce the bankers that helped build Las Vegas as we discuss business and money and how good a room deal can be. This is what we're going to roll into here. I don't say this lightly, but Jerry Mack and Perry Thomas built Las Vegas. And that was a quote from Senator Harry Reid himself. So I'll start this little history adventure on my side by simply stating, in no way have the Mormons turned me, conformed me, or abducted me. Uh, or whatever word you want to term, you want to use for that. Uh, but I find it beyond interesting how the Mormons found a need for something, an opportunity if you will, uh, and became one of the main reasons of how Vegas flourished. Did they have to turn their proverbial back a little bit when they knew they were directly dealing with a mob? Nah, probably. But are they one of the main reasons Vegas got a foothold and began to grow into what it is today? We will say yes, we think that's true. Although one of the main players in this story did work on passing laws that would not allow the mob to run them as fronts, among other positive moves, making Vegas legitimate. So there's not always a turn in the back thing. There was good things that happened, positive things for that. Um, so let's visit some history. Way back in 1855, for those of you who don't know, Mormons began to extend their footprint into the Nevada Territory from their main base of operations in Utah. They reached Las Vegas Springs, where they encountered the Peyote Indians and followed instructions given by the church to, we quote, cultivate them. Yes, we say cultivate. I find that weird when you talk about humans, but yeah, it is what it is. But not knowing whether they were friendly, they chose to go four miles up the river and built their fort. The fort only lasted two years due to the slight problem of the Utah War starting, where the U.S. government set the army into SLC, accusing the Mormons of not following federal law. Go figure. But the good thing to this situation is that the fort, being the oldest building in Nevada, was swapped off between settlers and such and landed in the hands of Helen Stewart who later sold her land to the railroad in 1905, which technically began the whole city of Las Vegas. 
So for those of us not from Utah, <laughs> can I can I assume SLC is Salt Lake City? Yeah, it is Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. A quick is abbreviation that, since is, I'm here. Is that that's the like uh, <laughs> abbreviation or acronym that just people use. Yeah, that's the cool term, Eric. The cool way to say it. You know, you don't actually say Salt Lake City anymore. You got to do SLC. That's a way to well, go. Yeah, hipsters. Is is Utah cool really cool though? Shut the fuck up. I'm stuck here, dude. Don't give me shit. <laughs> it's like, I can't really do much about it. <laughs> now, let's fast forward quite a few years ahead and introduce two men by the name of Edward Perry Thomas, born on June 29th, 1921 in Ogden, Utah, and Jerome Mack, born on November 6, 1920 in Albion, Michigan. These two men would become infamous in the building of the modern-day Vegas. In 1954, as... SLC, sir, <laughs> continued to grow and develop. The Utah-based bank by the name of Continental Bank saw an opportunity to have a financial institution in Vegas. Many Mormons throughout the years migrated to that way, as well as surrounding areas such as Mesquite, etc. Due to this, as well as other businesses and land opportunities, the Continental Bank opened the Bank of Las Vegas, seeing a profit of some sort, hopefully. They did it in that same year of 1954. Thomas, who worked as a financial manager, was sent to Vegas to head up this new Mormon brainstorming opportunity, as well as Mac to work with his father. And just a quick note here, and Eric, you might actually enjoy this. Um, there, is, I just don't want any confusion. So, yes, Mormons came. We're kind of talking about that. Thomas Perry, uh, Perry Thomas, sorry, was a was a big Mormon influence of that thing. Um, but both of these men were known to change the face of Vegas. However, Jerome was not Mormon. He was actually Jewish. In his time working with Thomas, he would also be known to be the president of the Riviera, director of the Four Queens, the Dunes, uh, all those casinos, as well as serving on the board of trustees for the American Jewish Committee. A really go-to guy. Now, at that time, Vegas was full of small operations, hotels, casinos, 100 or so rooms, small showrooms, maybe a restaurant if they were lucky. They were individually owned and paid for with owners their own cash to actually promote it and build it. What not only Thomas began, but his partner Jerry Mack as well, was come up with this crazy idea to loan money to the gaming industry. They found this would be a catalyst to fitting Vegas into a bigger pair of pants, per se. All other banks in the past refused to do this, due to the collateral, the security, or their own moral judgment of who was asking for the loan. Nine out of ten times, come find out, it was a mob that was asking, and the banks didn't want anything to do with that involvement. And there's a quote here that actually is from Perry Thomas himself, which I, I think kind of ties everything in if anybody wonders, well, how come Mormons are dealing with this if they're supposed to be such and such type people? This kind of sums it up. So this is a quote from Perry Thomas himself when asked about dealing with the mob. I'm in the banking business, and these people were good loans. For example, one of the first loans to be approved was to Club Bingo's Milton Prell. Prell wanted a loan in the amount of 600000 to grow his hotel, the Sahara, which we all know to a certain point. Uh, at that time, the highest loan amount allowed was for $75,000. So Perry and Mac put together a group of banks and charged 6% to finance a loan. By the time Vegas rolled into the 1960s on such said deals, the Bank of Las Vegas was financing around 80% of the casinos in Vegas alone. Wow. Damn. Do you know do you know who E. Perry Thomas' son is? Um, I did look it up, but I don't have it in the story. 
but uh, add that. So Roger Thomas, the like famed designer decorator of uh, Wynn Resorts, he's been <laughs> like the mastermind behind the details for uh, Wynn for some time now. Wow. I will be damned. I stumbled on that, and that's funny because in this story, Wynn has something to do with uh, Mr. Thomas himself. So that kind of brings that all first circle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. As we covered in a previous episode about Howard Hughes, he too had a love for the Mormons in general. They didn't drink, smoke, or gamble, which to him meant that they would keep focused on business dealings. Hughes and Thomas also had a pretty close business relationship. When Hughes began buying property in casino after casino, which we covered, he would employ E. Perry Thomas to oversee most of the transactions so he wouldn't get gouged in the purchase price. Another mogul of Vegas that we discussed in the past is Steve Wynn. Stevie, too, had a direct relationship with Thomas. He actually became a mentor of sorts to Wynn and helped him acquire his first major purchase, the Golden Nugget. Now, despite the previous business dealings discussed that not only Thomas had been involved in, but his partner Jerry Mack as well, the two men were very astute. Perry, a Republican, was on the Nevada State Board of Finance. Mack, a Democrat, was a financial chairman of his party. Together in 1967 and again in 1969, they spearheaded two laws that would allow corporations to own and operate casinos. With these new Nevada laws passed, it changed the entire face of Vegas. Do you guys want to guess what and what those laws changed? Um, you don't have to. Whether people with a criminal past uh, could have gaming licenses? Uh, that's really damn spot on. I recognized that we simply had to change our laws. We had to get where we could allow corporate gaming. So the banker pushed for legislation to allow big corporations to run casinos. I really feel that more than anything I did along the line on the overall big picture of Nevada that was pushing for corporate gaming and license was the most important thing that I accomplished. That is true. Even though through the years a mob would hire better and cleaner frontmen to operate their casinos, they were still running a scam. With these new laws, it forced the mob to not use the casinos as fronts and brought more corporate ownership into the mix for growth of the city. And now having the SEC involved, it kept the proverbial rats at bay. Yeah. There's a lot of old-timers that uh, very proud of what that happened because a lot of them quoted, if that didn't happen, Vegas would have been kept in the Dark Ages. Very interesting. Both men were known for other notable accomplishments in and around Vegas. For example, they donated 400 acres of land to expand the campus of the University of Nevada and funded the basketball stadium there as well. Both men were also very active in being members or trustees members, not only for the state of Nevada, but for their religious affiliates as well as their political parties. The bank continued to grow and be a major part of the Vegas landscape until 1992 when it was sold to Bank of America. Uh, sadly, Jerome Mack passed in 1998, and E. Perry Thomas passed in 2016. But wow, what a whirlwind for what they actually got accomplished in those years. That's nuts, man. Makes you wonder. I mean, if somebody didn't step in, Mafia would still be running that shit. So, crazy. So for anybody who wants to learn more about E. Perry Thomas, um, Vegas Tripping actually uh, did an episode uh, where they covered him shortly after his passing. 
Um, let me see if I can find this from August 2016. I see a Chuck Monster post, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember listening to a podcast where they uh, covered him in a lot more detail. I stumbled on that, yeah. There, there's so much stuff with these two. I mean, literally, we could do an episode of each. Um, they, they just, in their own right, they were great men, really. Uh, it, it, there's a more to it. And again, you know, we have a certain amount of time, so we cover it. Um, you can write us, you know, VegasConfessionsPod at gmail.com. You want to know anything else, you have any tidbits. But, uh, yeah, I stumbled on that, Eric, that uh, Vegas tripping they actually did. It was very, it, it was well-rounded, a lot more than this is. But, you know, people wonder about, the the evolution of Vegas, this really follows suit on part of that evolution. You know, kind of, yeah, there was mob dealings, there was this involved, this involved, everybody knows Bugsy. But this, people just don't really know how things were financed and some of that changed. You know, it's interesting. Out on the wall sounds of banging It's constant coming from <laughs> All right, so that has been uh, episode of Vegas Confessions. I we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you guys got anything going on on your side? No, man, just super excited about November. Excited about getting the planning process started. Excited to see who comes out. I'm just super excited about all this stuff, man. Uh, we had a lot more interest in the Biloxi trip uh, in late November, early December than I had planned. So oh, cool. uh, I get I get it. The November Oceans trip is coming first, and we'll spend most of our time on that. Uh, but just a quick note, the Biloxi trip has expanded for some of us coming from the East Coast. It's a lot easier to fly into New Orleans and then go to Biloxi. So we've got a small group spending a couple of days in New Orleans and then going to Biloxi. If you have any interest, reach out to me, Addie Rosenthal, 1029 on Twitter. I can uh, include you in our private chat. And um, I've got a, a an impromptu uh real brief Vegas trip coming up next week. So I think when we record next week, I'll actually be in Las Vegas at the time. Sweet. Oh, sweet, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, and good luck with your, uh, your impromptu. I think it's pretty kick-ass. So, Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what we have. So uh, I'm Shane. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> He's Shane. Cheers. Shane, cheers. <laughs> Shane, cheers. Not just He's a Shane. Comedy. Cheers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you assholes. <laughs> okay in five ready five Wait, no 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 that was good just leave it yeah that's the end we're just gonna end there we're just gonna end there by the way i've got i've got i've got the song for you to end on you ready sure so gamblin magoo sent this to the oceans <laughs> group and this shit is hysterical. <laughs> yes <laughs> Let me find it. Hang on. You need to smoking cigarettes and drinking beer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This Too guy, funny. this guy is fan drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, it is on YouTube. This guy said it is fantastic. Who is it, it is like ironically funny <laughs> until he starts talking about fingering women. <laughs> Jesus, it is hundred percent a song that VC should end on. 
truly classical. Enjoy, guys. I'm Julian. Cheers. <laughs> He's still Shane. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking, I, almost, I was like, what am I going to do over here? He just took my fucking line. <laughs> Cheers, guys. It's party time. I like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Do I like to party? The answer is yes. I like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. And when it comes to getting down, I am the best. I don't have any rules. Not even one. The only rule I have is have fun. I smoke a hundred cigarettes and drink a thousand beers. And that's just in one day. Imagine in one year. Most people have boring lives with families and jobs. My family is this jacket and my job is to rock. I'm drunk all the time, even during the day. My parents say, get a job. I say, no way. Cause I like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Do I like to party? The answer is yes. I like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Party is my favorite word. It is the best. I dropped out of school when I was just 14. Cause there wasn't a course on how to party. So I started smoking cigarettes with my mouth and fingering girls on my parents' couch. My parents said, you can't finger girls in here. And no more smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. So I said, get back. And I got up and left. And I've been smoking and drinking and fingering ever since. That's right, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Do I like to party? The answer is yes. I like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. My motto is always live your life on the edge. right now hey everybody are you smoking cigarettes hey everybody are you having a good time hey anybody want to get fingered tonight drinking beer and smoking Cigarette, do I like to party? The answer is yes, I like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Your parents don't like me because I am a threat. <laughs> <laughs>